attention architects, and creative minds. Get ready to supercharge your brand with Build Your Brand, the podcast that's unlocking the secrets of branding success for creatives. Hey there, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my friend, architect marketing expert, Jeff Eccles at Build Your Brand Podcast, where he explores the captivating stories of the world's top brands and transforms their lessons into powerful moves for small firm architects and creatives like you. In season one, Jeff shares the thrilling tale of Southwest Airlines, where he dissects their journey to the summit and distills it into strategies tailor-made for you. It's important to keep in mind that companies like Southwest compete in the real world, just like you, and face real-world challenges, just like you. You might be surprised at how similar those challenges are to the struggles that you grapple with on a day-to-day basis. Don't miss out on your blueprint for success. Subscribe, tune in, and let's build your brand together. You may have noticed that the very best brands in the world are also known for having somewhat unique corporate cultures. That's often the glue that holds everything together when they encounter those rough spots. We don't do it because it inconveniences the passengers to whom we are primarily dedicated, the short haul uh, frequent flyer. Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Your Brand today. Remember, no matter the size, the journey's the same. Your brand's journey to the top starts here. All right, Entree Architect community, it's time for Context and Clarity Live, where we spend an hour every Thursday afternoon searching for clarity around the things that matter most to you the architect. And it doesn't matter if you're the employee of a firm or if you own your own firm. Maybe you dream of starting your own thing. Maybe you've even said that 2021's my year and you're on the runway to starting your own thing. Or maybe you have had a firm for a year or 10 years or 20 years and you're starting to rethink or reimagine what that firm could or maybe even should be. All of the topics that we cover fall under the broad umbrella of the business of architecture and they're all the need-to-know topics for the success of architects just like you. If we've never met before, my name is Jeff Eccles, and what you're about to listen to is the audio recording of a conversation that my co-host Catherine McPhail and I had last week with our Context and Clarity guest. Every week, we have a new guest and a new topic, so let's jump right into the conversation. This episode of Context and Clarity is supported by Twinmotion, the simple real-time rendering solution to create high-quality imagery, client presentations, and interactive experiences that help communicate your design ideas fast. To learn more, visit Twinmotion at twinmotion.link slash clarity. All right, Entree Architect community, it's 4 p.m. Eastern or thereabouts, which means it's time for the Entree Architect Context and Clarity Live conversation for Thursday, September 16th, 2021. Thanks for joining us. As you get here, say hi, let us know that you're here, and let us know where you're joining this conversation from. I see John Jones in Connecticut, and Isra in Boston, and Nicole in Arizona, Christian over there in Ithaca, New York. She says, interesting picture, says Isra Banks. We see a Facebook user, which is a good reminder that uh, Facebook has these things they call privacy policies. Uh, you're 
joining from Facebook in a private Facebook group, which means they won't let your picture or your name escape that group unless you give them permission. And if you'd like to show up as something besides Facebook user, for instance, as Isra does, I see Isra Banks and I see her picture there, you need to give Facebook permission to talk to Restream, which is this platform that we use. It's the uh, URL you need to visit in order to do that simple process. Go to chat.restream.io slash FB as in Facebook. And you can give Facebook permission to let your name and, and uh, likeness out. And you can show up like Sean does. Hi, Sean. <laughs> Sean says he tried to be number one. You you really have to try hard to be number one around here with this crowd. But uh, uh, welcome, Sean. Glad that you're joining us today from Chucktown. And uh, Mark LePage. Hi, Mark LePage. I see that hand waving, which probably means that's Benita from Atlanta. And Ethan, welcome from the LinkedIn side of things. That's a good reminder. We have uh, we are uh, simulcasting this broadcast today to LinkedIn, to YouTube, to Twitch, and to uh, the Facebook group that I mentioned before. So welcome to all of you from wherever. We're, we're attempting to break the internet. We're streaming out to all of the internet. So wherever you are, welcome. Glad that you're here. Say hi. Let us know that you're here and where you're coming from. Um, my name is Jeff. If we've never met before, I'm in Indianapolis and I'm joined by, who am I joined by? Hi. Hi, I'm Catherine. I'm from Massachusetts. Hi, Catherine from We're Massachusetts. It's a day behind you, weather-wise. That's, day, why I, yeah. that's why I organize it. Who's getting whose weather? Okay. Yes. Uh, Catherine is one day behind weather-wise from Indianapolis. So welcome, Catherine. Thanks for, for, uh, coming here today and keeping the wheels on the bus, uh, those of you that are joining us from the future who are listening to the podcast version of this, the audio only version of this, welcome. Thanks for joining us. This is the Entree Architect Context and Clarity live session. We do this every Thursday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern so that we can find clarity around the things that matter most to architects. And it doesn't matter if you're the employee of a firm or if you own your own firm. You may have circled a date on the calendar and said 2021 is my year and you're on the runway to launching your own thing, or you may have had your own firm for a year or 10 years or how many years? 26 and a half years, 25 and a half years. Um, whatever your context is, 25 years, whatever, whatever it is, all of the topics that we cover uh, are the need to know topics for the success of small firm architects. And so we love doing this context and clarity live where we bring in a special guest to talk to us about one of these topics that matters. And so we'll introduce today's guest here uh, momentarily. Uh, some of you know who this guest is. Some of you are very familiar with this guest, friend, a friend of Context and Clarity, certainly a friend of Entre Architect. And uh, so we're looking forward to this conversation today. I see Kurt over there on Twitch. I see uh, so someone on Twitch's punch listing in Pebble Beach. You've got to be careful how you you say that. Liz says, uh, hello again, testing restream. Hi, Liz. It did work. Welcome back in Jefferson from LA. Glad you're here as well. Rod says he's a Facebook abuser, but he's present. Well, careful, Rod. Don't get thrown into Facebook jail. Glad you're joining us here today. <laughs> and Jonathan is the turnpike architect. Uh, yeah, If you're not careful, Jonathan, that nickname will turnpike stick. Welcome back. I don't get yep. it, though. If for me to Jersey remember it, I have Oh, New Jersey. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. New Jersey. Yeah. We got Big Ed and Turnpike Architect. Yeah, we're we're getting a, a whole cast of characters here. 
uh, pretty soon we'll have our own our, our own architecture docudrama with lots of colorful like, characters. That may be happening. Well, I, I think it is. I think I think we're there. We're real. We're real. <laughs> I mean, the show, the TV show. Okay. Have you written the pilot yet? No, I haven't. Okay. Well. I haven't done I haven't done anything I'm supposed to do. But let's not talk about that. <laughs> okay, we won't we won't talk about that. We don't want to go down that that rabbit hole. Don't want to uh, uh, dwell on the things that we should have gotten done. I've got a whole list of them of my own. So we'll skip over that. And we'll just should we just introduce today's guest? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Our guest today is a photographer and an audiophile and a rock and roll fan. And he's a self-described archa geek. He's the lead instructor at SEO for Architects. He's an SEO and the co-founder of ArcMark, Brian McCartney. Don't tell anybody, but he's also the son of Paul McCartney. Brian McCartney, welcome to Context and Clarity Live. <laughs> yeah, I'm we're not totally supposed to talk about that uh, Paul McCartney thing. There's an NDA out on that. So, uh, he okay, did well, send us something ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sure that'll be edited out in the post-production. Hey, I just got to say something. I know Mark's listening. We got to do some upgrades on the green room here. I could not find the green M&Ms, and the Prosecco was a little bit too dry. So, oh. <laughs> okay, I just want to know where you got the Prosecco because I didn't even get that. <laughs> I got the green M&Ms. They've got almonds in them, but um, Prosecco, no. So congrats on that. <laughs> well, welcome, Brian. We're, we're glad that you're here to join us today. Uh, for those of you that are just joining us, you probably uh, are familiar as as part of this community. You're probably familiar with Brian. He is a friend. He's he's a big part of the Architects and Allies uh, Facebook group, and um, like I said, he's an expert in marketing for architects and SEO. And so, what we're going to talk about today is SEO and content and and website related issues. Uh, many of you know that. We start out a lot of these conversations uh, in, on weekday mornings on the Clubhouse app. We have what we call our 30-minute coffee talks over there on the Clubhouse app in the Context and Clarity Club. Makes kind of, kind of makes sense there. And so all week, we've been talking about content and the future of architects' websites and this morning, SEO. And, um, and so we're, this is it. This is the big blowout on uh, on SEO and, and content and websites for architects. So no better person to have here than Brian. And maybe the place that we should start for those that, you know, have, have not have not really uh, scratched the surface on this yet, maybe we should just start with a definition. What What is SEO? Yeah, that's a good place to start. Um, I think in, in its basic form, SEO is just a process of fine-tuning your website. Uh, so that you are able to get found in search results. So our goal with SEO really is to focus in on, you know, who are we trying to attract? Who's that ideal future client that we want to engage and, and, and get to our site? Um, and, you know, that it's really that process of looking at the site. There's, there's basically three levels. I'll just touch on those really quickly. There's, it's kind of what we call the back page or technical part of SEO, which this is stuff that you don't, you don't see when you come to the website. It's kind of, it's in the code. It's in, it's in the metadata, uh, meta titles, meta descriptions of your website. Then there's the on page content. So that's going to be the actual content on your, 
on you that, that the reader will see or the visitor will see. Uh, things like blog posts, uh, you know, your about page, your homepage, all of that, uh, including the images and videos and things like that too. Those can also be optimized for SEO. And then the third uh, layer is what I call the off-page SEO, or, or, or a lot of people refer to that as backlinks. So content that is on other sites that is pointing to your site. So helping people to uh, not only see your site, uh, well, helping people and search engines, we got to keep the search engine in mind here, helping them to see your site as a source of, uh, of good information. So a lot of those backlinks can be things like you know, somebody mentioning an article that you shared on your website, somebody uh, just linking to your website as a partner or as, as a resource, uh, that kind of thing. So yeah, yeah, that's, it, that, that's really what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And there's there's part of that that I think most of us understand and there's part of it that's obviously over a lot of our heads, which is which sure. is fine. Um, and we, we can dig into those those things as well and, and probably, you know, whether or not we need to be paying attention to it or whether we need help. Yeah. But, you know, you, you said something a minute ago about, um, uh, about, I forget how you said it, but basically people, see, um, or, or maybe the search engine seeing your site as a, as a resource. And it, yeah. it, it always reminds me of, of Google's, uh, basically the purpose statement, you know, to, to be, uh, to give yeah. real time, answers to questions that I, I know it's much more eloquent than what I'm remembering, but, but to give yeah. real time, uh, answers to the questions that people have or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really what it's all about. It's about answering questions. And so all of us, all of us as, you know, consultants and service providers, when we have clients, those clients are asking us questions. So questions about how we work with them, how, uh, what the process is like, what they can expect in terms of results, uh, all kinds of different questions. And uh, there's a great book. If, if you're looking for uh, to really deep dive on this, there's a great book by a guy named Marcus Sheridan. It's called They Ask, uh, You Answer. And it's a it's a great take on kind of the the, the types of uh, questions uh, that are are really valuable in answering uh, on your website and not just on your website, but, you know, I always think of it too, as in your web presence as well. Right. You know, because you can, you can answer questions anywhere. The goal is then to get them back to your website, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's all about answering questions, providing value uh, to the people that you're trying to serve. Yeah. I think, I, I think that's a great way to explain it. I think that's super understandable for everybody. Um, so, uh, and, and I'm glad that you mentioned Marcus Sheridan's book because uh, I think everybody's tired of hearing me mention it. So <laughs> and I knew exactly where that was going uh, the minute you mentioned questions. So that I, I'm yeah. going to second that recommendation. It's it's fantastic. Uh, he updated it in 2019, I think. Um, yeah. But um, uh, it's a it's a great book. There's some great case studies in it, and yeah. We used, going back to topics from earlier in the week, yesterday on Wednesday, our um, our uh, question of the day was, what's the future of architects' websites? And there's actually, in the 2019 update version of, of uh, They Ask, You Answer, uh, Marcus talks about 
chatbots and AI and, and some, some things that many of you would think is very futuristic. And he talks about it as being the future. It's, uh, maybe, maybe I'm the only one, but I think it's super interesting. So, um, I, I uh, definitely it, it recommend it. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. Um, the future of websites, I think, is, you know, it's an interesting topic and it's, it's, it's really, you know, we're, we're doing all this work for S, SEO purposes. I mean, that's a major uh, focus of what we do. But, uh, the search engines, you know, Google is, is trying to get more, uh, is trying to keep people on their search engine more and more. So. Uh, it's really important that you not just appear on page one, but that you actually get some of those coveted top positions. Like, you know, they have these, uh, featured snippets and, uh, 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 the, the answers. They have, you know, answers. They'll have the question right there. You click on it and there's pops up the answer. Uh, that's, that's a, uh, something that's becoming more and more important, uh, with SEO. We had an yeah. idea this morning for, um, an architecture. I don't know, maybe it wasn't an idea. I took it as an idea for like a dating app, but instead of dates, it would be architects. So people just swipe one way or the other as a future of websites. To date architects or? (laughs) (laughs) No, this wasn't to date them. This was to hire them. Yeah, to hire them. So That's exactly what she's talking about. Right. You know, I think that's an interesting uh, concept. There are some platforms out there. Uh, there's, uh, I think it's called Mortar, uh, M-O-R-T-A-R-R. It's a, uh, it's a site where you can, you know, you can pay to have a profile and it's, it's really aimed more at, uh, commercial, uh, commercial architecture, but, um, and, and also trades as well. Uh, and that's kind of a, you know, it's a, it's a place you can go and, look up uh look up uh resources and, and they do it in a very clever way where you can actually look at images and then in the images are actually tagged in a way that you can you can see all the details of what what the selections and materials are um you know Arconnect, I, I i highly you know i tell everybody go set up an Arconnect Arconnect profile right it's free uh same with house houses of you know they want your money obviously but uh it's free to set up a profile any any of those types of uh, services that um, you know where where people might find architects, you know, when if you do a search, I mean, this is a really easy thing to do. Just do a search in your area. You know, go on to go into Google. Uh, do use an incognito window, a private browsing window, so it's not affected by your Google uh, search history, and search for architect near me. And if, if you have a local audience or, or architect near wherever you're, you know, wherever you want to practice and see what comes up, typically you'll find that a lot of the top ranking, uh, listings are going to be like house and home advisory and things like this. So, um, you know, it, it, it's not, I would say it's not a waste of time to create profiles on those. And, uh, it's another way where people might find your website, but obviously ranking on, Page one is going to be your best bet. Uh, Jeff, do you mind if I ask that question that um, James had this morning about optimizing your exposure if you're cross-platforming? Yeah, go, go right ahead because that, right there. Yeah, that actually yeah, ties okay. into can, can, exactly what I was going to ask. Do you, do you have context for that question? I, I, I'm curious about that. Like, 
how to optimize how do you optimize your exposure when cross platform so does that mean like how do you optimize between social media and your website yeah Is pretty that much that yep, that's, yep yeah i mean for me uh i have a love hate with uh, social media um it's uh, you know it's 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 kind of a uh, it, it's a thing that we all have to to realize is is uh you know there's potential in in social media my goal for my clients is to uh figure out ways to get people from their social media profile to their website ideally because uh if if they're on the social media profile the social media platform owns that audience you don't own them uh if you uh want to access audiences on certain platforms like facebook and Trust me, LinkedIn and Instagram will also be requiring this in the future. Uh, you got to pay for ads. And um, uh, if you can get those audiences to your website and provide value for them, uh, provide a download or something, some way of engaging them, collecting their contact information, it's going to be much more valuable and easier for you to uh, to converse with them, You know, uh, to send them emails and market market to them directly. So I think this idea of like, you know, optimizing with exposure, I, I am always looking for ways to get people from social media to my website. And that, that is always going to be the focus for us. That that was a question from James Polk. And as we were talking about it, it reminded me that he followed up a, a few minutes later with, um, it's not only social media, but he's, he is um, launching a podcast. And yeah. so you, you've got sort of that odd situation where your podcast is going to be hosted somewhere yeah. off-site. Sure. And so how do you optimize that relationship as well? Well, again, I think it's about getting people back to the website, right? So if you're hosting a podcast, you know, you can you can drop a, a you know, a 15-second uh, 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 drop to say, Hey, uh, if you, if you want to learn more about this topic, go to my website. I've got a great download that goes into a lot more detail on this. And, you know, you can provide value to people in many different ways. Or maybe, maybe you can also, you know, maybe, uh, another way to look at it is like if you're doing a podcast, maybe you've got a video version of that podcast and it, it, maybe it's a more extended version of that discussion. You could put that on a kind of like a, uh, you know, a, a free or a paid member area on your website. And that's another way you can get them to your, to your site. And, you know, just find different creative ways to engage people. If you're putting out good content, if you're, if you're answering those questions, people are going to find that, you know, they're going to take the interest in that and want to pursue uh, more information. So yeah. give them that, give them that opportunity. Just don't leave them hanging on the, on the podcast. Give them something yeah. to visit yeah. and go see. Yeah. And if you like conversations like this, you should go to gablemedia.com, G-A-B-L media.com, which is a multimedia platform for people that care about the built environment. Very nice. I like, like that. that. I think it's the world's most engaged AEC uh, network. It is. So I heard. It is the world's most engaged AEC network. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think you uh, demonstrated yeah. that quite well. The the um, you know when we're thinking about the future of websites, mm-hmm. and you know, I so many of you know, I, I have my company name is Echo Engagement, so it's partially my name, but engagement is the last 
the last half of that because I believe that's the key to everything in what we're talking about. And, you know, I think how do we get people from, from uh, social media to our website or the, or the podcast to the website or wherever they're coming from? What are they going to do when they get there? Right. Are we answering questions? What about real time chat bots and yeah. probably some sort of AI? Um, are you seeing any of that yet in architects websites or is it still to come? I've seen a few, a few I've seen a few sites that are uh, using chat bots or, um, uh, you know, trying to find clever ways of engaging people. Um, I've seen I've seen quizzes used, for example, to help help qualify people. Um, yeah. I think, you know, I think, you know, that whole question of the future of websites, I think engagement's a great word to talk about because uh, I believe, and I, I, I don't think I'm the only one, but uh, I think that the future of websites, the future of the web is all content driven. You know, mm-hmm. it's not, it's, it's not going to be about, you know, <laughs> listen, I mean, you know, in my world, uh, the days of the brochure or portfolio website are long dead. I mean, they, they, they were, they have been for a while. The, that's not the way that you engage people by showing them endless numbers of photos. Um, you have to tell stories. You have to show people, uh, your value. Uh, you have to demonstrate that and, and also help them to answer those, those, in, those questions that they're really, they're really interesting. You know, like, why, you know, and I, I think Donald Miller puts this really well. Uh, Donald Miller uh, wrote Story Brandy, uh, great, another great book if you want to learn how to, you know, uh, simplify your messaging on your website, really talk to an ideal audience. But, um, you know, if you confuse, you lose, right? So mm-hmm. that's, that's his kind of go to. And, you know, he says there's three important things you need to say on your homepage, uh, you know, Really immediately before anybody has a chance to scroll, you got to answer. You know, what do you do? Who do you do it for? Why should why should the visitor care? Uh, yeah. Which is a really great question. Uh, which is you know basically why why you why why should why are you uh, why should I spend more time here right and uh, and third is you know what do I do next uh, and and next is really it's it's the start of that conversation I think uh, how do we, yeah. how are you starting that conversation. So chatbots, I think, can play a role in that. Um, I'd like to see, I'd like to see more of our clients coming to us. And you know, I mean, we've we've talked about it to clients, but you know, you know, something's catching on when the clients come to you and say, "Hey, have you heard about chatbots?" And, and you're like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's talk about that." So yeah, yeah, <laughs> so that's a really good point. If you have a chatbot, can it really be you? Like, if it's like three o'clock in the morning and the chatbot goes off no. could it be you chatting with them could you just wake up and chat with you could, could i it... guess if you wanted to do that but i don't i don't want to have a leash around my neck i mean you know it's uh i uh you know uh what we do with chat bots is we have uh we have on hours and off hours and somebody when you have a chat bot that's live somebody has to be responsible for answering that there's ways you know usually these devices uh these these uh chatbots are connected to an app uh, on your phone. So somebody is responsible for answering, let's say in the morning, maybe somebody else in the afternoon. And if they, if they step away or if they get tied up, they can, they can put it on pause. And during that time, there's either a backup person or it'll display a message like, 
hey, we're busy right now. We can't chat live with you, but here's some other great resources to check out. In the meantime, um, you know, hopefully somebody will be available in a few minutes. I mean, you can do something like that. It, it used to be that it was just kind of like the perpetual, like, yeah, we'll be with you in a few minutes. And then you're waiting for three minutes and you're like, no, I'm going to leave. Right. So um, you give them other things to do or uh, or you just you, know, you tell them, hey, this is, this is what's going on. We're, nobody's here right now. We're going to get back to you as soon as we can. So if you want some some other good examples of that, so we've had two good book recommendations already. Go to um, Marcus Sheridan's uh, They Ask You Answer. Towards the back of the book, I forget. I don't know the chapters or whatever, but but uh, he gives a couple of chatbot examples that are pretty fascinating there. Yeah. And then the other book that uh, Brian just recommended was Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller, which is also, I mean, that's got to be at the top. Uh, or yeah. near the top of the recommendation list as well. So um, both really great, uh, great uh, suggestions there. When we, um, when we're thinking about, you, you know, again, engagement and, and uh, asking questions and answering questions, we're really in that, that second tier of SEO that you were talking about, right? Yeah. The, the on, the onsite uh, content. Um mm-hmm. What, how much, this came up in a conversation I was having earlier, how much content should you have on your website? And, well, let's back that up for a second. Yeah. Because I, I think we made a, need to make a distinction. I think there's, you were talking about this earlier, clarity, understanding. So there's, there's you know, someone lands on your homepage and the information that they find there, um, you know, that's, that's content, I suppose, the copywriting, the copy on your website. But there's also content as in maybe blog or embedded video or, or something like that. Um, pro- probably a couple of different approaches to that. How much content do you need on your website? So I don't know if it's a question of quantity. It's, um, you know, I and I, I, I talk about this with my clients all the time. It's about quality, right? And And so... Everything starts, first of all, with your ideal future clients. So what is important to them? What are what information are they seeking? What are the questions they're already asking? Number one, that's always the best place to start. Um, but then number two, like, what are your goals? Right. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, this is the, the question I get a lot is like, well, how many articles should I be writing? You know, it's not like you have to write an article every day. Or even every week, uh, we've gotten great results for clients by posting one article a month. Um, but if it's a quality article, if it's properly optimized for search and properly, properly written so that it's going to engage that ideal client, then it's going to have higher value and a higher return as well. And then, you know, our process really is, you know, it, it's, it's SEO. When we, when we do content marketing, you know, typically we do, you know, we define the brand and the message and get clarity on the, you know, the client journey and all that. First, we do the website. Then we do, then we start the content marketing uh, campaign. And that, that campaign really is like, it's, it's, it's first and foremost, like, what are the, you know, we know who our audience is. We know what our goals are. So who are the, what are the, what are the topics or, uh, you know, we call them keyword clusters. What are what are the areas where we need to rank 
to get those people, you know, like how do we, how do we match up what they're searching for with the content we're creating? So the content is driven by those needs and uh, we've gotten great results for clients just by, you know, if we post a, a, an article a month and then also, we're also sharing that on social media. So it's, it's kind of that three prong approach of SEO, uh, high quality content, and then, um, and then, pushing that out to social media and promoting it as well. Um, I said, I, I have a love hate with uh, social media, but you know, I, I'm not stupid and I'm going to use it to my full advantage. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, I, I think we, plenty of us have love hates with, with sure. uh, a lot of the stuff, but, but you know, these are tools, right? I mean, you're talking about yeah. attracting the, theoretically back to, back to what your goal is you know, you're talking about attracting human beings to your website, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, so, you know, I mean, I, I get this question a lot, right? I just did a, a SEO for architects. I just completed this course uh, a couple of weeks ago and, you know, it's an eight week course. Uh, we, you know, really dove deep into these topics of SEO uh, content and social media. And, you know, one of the big questions I always get is like, well, how long should my, you know, how much, how many words should I have on a page? Mm -hmm. Right. And I think number one, I mean, yes, there are answers to that. I, you know, Christian, <laughs> I know he's, you know, he, he told us about his 300 word articles that he was doing. And you 301. Know, I, 301. Say, sorry. 301. Right? <laughs> and we had a discussion about that and I said, well, you're going to get more value out of that if you're grouping those together and creating longer articles because Google wants authority. They want, they want people to go in depth on topics. And um, that's what I mean about quality, right? Uh, the way we kind of determine that typically is, especially when we're writing articles, is that we have tools where we can analyze the other articles, right? So if there are... Um, uh, you know, if you're trying to rank for a specific keyword, we can put that keyword in and we can analyze all of the other results for that uh, keyword. And our tool will tell us, well, you need this article to be, uh, you know, 2000 words. It's got to have these keywords. It's got, you got to, you know, have so many images and stuff. It'll tell us exactly that. Now, we don't have to follow that to the letter, but usually that's a pretty good guidepost for us. And articles are getting longer and longer. So um, I would say that the more <laughs> the, the more broad your services, the more quantity you're going to need because you're talking about different topics. Uh, but the more focused you are, uh, uh, the more narrow you are. I think, number one, it'll be easier to come up with good content because you're constantly answering, you're, you're constantly having those discussions. And um, it's easier to kind of, it's easier to go deep and, and, and uh, get into all the various aspects of a topic um, uh, like that, especially with articles, because there's so many different ways. And, and this is one of the things I think that really people don't understand about writing articles like this is that, uh, there's so many different ways that you can look at the same topic. There's so many different perspectives that you can, you can give, uh, uh, on a singular topic that, uh, you really can go very deep and you can, 
demonstrate that authority to Google very easily and, and get that search track going. Right. Hey, Brian. Yeah. So I've, Sorry, I have yeah. a question. <clears throat> well, I've just been dying to ask this question from oh. Merit from this morning. And also it kind of ties into my own feeling too. Um, anyway, she wanted to know, would we still profit from SEO investment when we really get our word, <clears throat> our work through word of mouth? So here's how I'd like to answer that. And I, I think it's a really, it's a great question, right? You're, I mean, we hear this all the time. I get all of my clients by word of mouth. Great. If you're doing that, awesome, man. Keep it up. But, uh, if, you know, but, but the thing that invariably happens and why people come to us is either they're not getting enough clients or they're not getting the right type of, of clients, or they want to level up their clients. Right? right. And so, you know, if you're really happy with the clients that you have and that you're getting by word of mouth, and, you know, you you can repeat that over and over again and, and get the consistency that you want from that, great. Do it. Stick with it. Uh, I'm not going to tell you that you need to go out and write uh, 12 articles for your blog. Uh, but if you're in one of those situations where you need more consistency, you need better clients who value what you do and who want to work with an expert like you, if you, uh, want to get, want to level up your clients or, or, or maybe go into a different vertical, for example, uh, then I think content can be a really helpful way for you to establish your credibility, uh, showcase your expertise and build authority, uh, to show people that you're, you know, you're able to do that and also at the same time attract them to your site. Hey, let's talk ArcViz technology for a second. Powered by the near limitless Unreal Engine, our friends at Twinmotion offer a fast and easy way to produce stunning real time visualizations and immersive experiences for your clients. Twinmotion gives you the tools you need to make faster decisions and relay information to your clients in a way that instantly speaks to them. Breathe life into your scene by changing the season, the weather, or the time of day just by moving a slider and immersing your client in a way that they'll love and, more importantly, be able to truly picture themselves in. Why not share your design with stakeholders in collaborative reviews and edit your scene together? There's no better way to get buy-in than by making your clients feel part of the development process. Right now, they're running an exclusive free trial, which you can get your hands on by heading to twinmotion.link slash clarity. That's twinmotion.link slash clarity. A word of warning about that too, though. But I, I totally get it, right? And, sure. and, you know, I hear the exact same things that that you hear. You know, it's we get someone told told me 97% of their work for from repeat clients and referrals um that's a lot it's a large percentage but the problem is that you know you look at what's happened over the last 18 months how many people have had some sort of reckoning over the past 18 months where they said you know what i'm out i'm going to go do something completely different i'm moving somewhere else um you know you when, when I'm talking to commercial uh, or, or architects that do commercial work a lot, I say, you know, your your uh, relationships retire. 
and they move to different jobs. And unfortunately, there are a lot of people dying. Um, I hate to make it morbid, but we, especially when you say all of my work comes from word of mouth, there's a real danger in that. And I, and and I agree, I totally agree with you. If you're doing that and you can do it, absolutely double down on it, but prepare for the fact that that person that has been sending you, uh, projects for the past 15 years, it's going to stop at some point. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to get a new job. They're going to, they're going to retire. They're going to, you know, whatever, right. I want to spend more time with my family, whatever it is. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's a great point. And another point too is, um, you know, you, you may be getting a lot of great referrals and, and, and they're coming in and, what about the ones that aren't contacting you though? Right. Are they going to your website and they're just not impressed and they're saying, you know what? I, I know that my friend told me or my colleague told me this was the architect for me, but I went to the website and I just didn't find anything that really, you know, spoke to me and said that they really know what I'm, what I'm trying to do or what I'm struggling with. And so if you, you know, if you can time great content and answer some of those questions that even those great referrals might have, you're in a much better position to close those clients. And, and also to, you know, like, like what I ha- happens with my clients, and I'll just give you this for, you know, my clients, their, their clients come to them saying, I want to work with you. That article that I read on your website was amazing. It really, it's exactly what I want to do. And I want to work with you. It's not like, oh, we want you to run a bid for us. And, you know, we're going to compare you to all these others. No, they're coming to him and saying, you know, coming to my clients and saying, I want to work with you. That's a great segue to this question, Catherine. Yeah, so we were talking about this this morning on Clubhouse, uh, and if SEO, Christian had put it in the chat now, so if SEO is about attracting potential clients to your website, is there a way to repel the tire kickers and other unsuitable prospects? And one thing I was talking about this morning is that I'm not really interested in talking to more people. I really don't have the time for people who aren't suitable for me. So can we use that SEO for that, keeping them away? Um. That's a really tricky question, and I'm I'm gonna say this: if 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 people are coming to your website and they're they're calling you, uh, it's probably because they saw something on your website that made them think that you might be able to help them. Right now, if your content, if your if your content is fine tuned to your ideal client, and what I mean by ideal client is not just like Oh, I want to do residential work, but I want to do high end luxury residential work for people in, uh, you know, suburban, uh, or, or, you know, well, John's here. So I'll use Westport, Connecticut, right? Um, you know, if it's really dialed in and it's talking to the right people, then hopefully by nature, it, it may repel some of the wrong people because they'll see, oh, wow, this person only does high end. They're, they're a design architect. They're they're doing stuff that doesn't, you know, like it's not what I see is is relevant to what I want. And so that's one way to use content. Another way to use content is to qualify people, right? So, um, 
you know, we can have content that really talks about who we're for, who we're not for. Um, we can talk about, you know, project examples and, and things like that. Um, we can talk about our frustrations of people coming to us and just wanting blueprints. Um, those, that's content that we can create and talk about and that will repel people. Yes, for sure. <laughs> but SEO, no, there's no way to like say, uh, Google, don't send me these shady people who just want blueprints, right? Or, yeah, or just we were looking for up. repellent SEO, but there's no yeah. repellent. I would say there's it, SEO is more about including the people that you want. I think your website and the content could possibly help repel some of the people you don't want if it's done in a respectful, polite, and uh, maybe cheeky way. So <laughs> you can, I, you know, I, and I've, I've seen great examples of this. People saying like, "We are not for you," if right, and then mm -hmm. list off all the things. Like if you're looking for blueprints, we are not for you, right? So right, you can do right. That. That sounds like TikTok to me. That would be the good platform for that cheekiness. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, yeah, maybe. and then you maybe link it onto your, you know, maybe have a link on your website. Uh, Embedding TikTok in your website. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we also were talking about this blog bank, which I know Jeff doesn't like that idea. So what? We, here's what we were talking about. We were talking about this idea of, Having backlinks, um, whether that would help. If you oh. had backlinks to your thing. So if you would help to have your friends have your blog posts on their websites. And is there any way we could make that work so we could help each other? So uh, back in the day, uh, before Google got really super smart, uh, yeah, it, it helps to a certain degree. You know, you could, you could call up your buddy across town and say, hey, just put a link up on your website to mine and I'll do the same for you. Um, Google now sees those as like it sees through your uh, it sees through your. Is it, uh, is it only me, or does who cares about Google? Why do we care so much about Google? Isn't that so upsetting? I know I said it. I said it in a public forum. Now I'm dead. I know. Hey, there's there's, there's value. There 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 is actually you know I, I feel your frustration. Google is not the only search engine, but something like ninety seven point nine percent of searches are done on Google. So we kind of got to deal with Google. Yeah. Does that include YouTube as well? Or is that just well, besides YouTube? Well, YouTube's the second largest. Uh, yeah. Second largest. So I, don't, I don't know if that does include Google or YouTube. I don't know that. Yeah. I mean, we don't call YouTube a search engine, but technically yeah. it's a. It's is it a AI? Is it really like the AI we've been waiting for to take over our lives and decide who gets to be top of the heap? Yeah. Well, so Google, according to Google, the their algorithms take their cues from you and I, right? It, it, those those algorithms are trained to understand uh, people's behavior on websites, uh, and what it's looking for more than anything is intent, right? So, if you type in something to uh, the search engine. And you go to the website and you leave immediately, then you, it's probably a good sign that you didn't find what you were looking for. Now, if you go to that website and you find something and you click on a link on that page and it takes you to another page, you know, if, if you're actually engaging with that content and getting deeper into the site, it's probably a good sign that that site is providing information that you find relevant and interesting. 
And so it pays attention to that stuff. And, uh, you know, it's, it's take, that's how it kind of, in a very simplified way, that's one of the ways that it, it knows if content is, is valuable or not. I interrupted you though, Brian. Sorry. You were talking about Google liking the backlinks in the old days, but now not so much. Sorry. Yeah. I got All a little right. distracted by the Google. <laughs> the Google. Not yeah. Alone. yeah. <laughs> the Google. Um, yeah. The Google is, uh, so that, that, <laughs> those, uh, backlinks, the shared links that I, 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 you know, like the scratch my backlinks are not very helpful. Google sees that as just like, you know, it, the, the, the links that you want to share on your site or that you want to use, it should lead to something that is relevant and uh, helpful for like, if you're going to share a link, you know, it, it should have relevance and it should have information that's going to help somebody. Now, if you're just sharing a link to share a link, I mean, you can do that, but it's, it's not going to help you in terms of SEO. Could we, could we link to our friends' downloads or other information that they actually sure. have? Yeah. So you're linking to people's yeah, information. Like, like, like if you want to put a link and say, Hey, my, my friend created this great download that'll help you with this topic or help you answer these questions. And it's relevant to what you're talking about. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely do that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that that's not what I was objecting to. <laughs> the so if I remember correctly, Christians and we need to Christian has claimed copyright of this term now. Christian's idea of the blog bank was basically, um, yeah. you know, twenty of us write articles that go into a blog bank, and you could use that article um, on your website. Of course, you're going to attribute it properly, but. You know, where I see that going is, okay, well, if I write an article and there are a bunch of people in the community that go, hey, that's a pretty good article. I'd like to have that on my website. Then all of a sudden I've got duplicate content out there on, you know, 15 15 different um, websites, which sounds great, but I don't think that is great in, in terms of Google juice. No, so yeah, Google Juice is gonna get spoiled there. Um, so uh, Google always looks for like, uh, or I should say, the Google, the Google also always is looking for uh, if it if it sees duplicate content, it's gonna try to attribute where which one is the original. Um, you won't necessarily get penalized for duplicate content, but it will. It, it you won't necessarily get Google Juice for it either. So. Uh, I would say that if you're going to do like a blog bank or something like that, where somebody's writing content that other architects could use, you would have to do that in a way. And I've seen this done, like there's services out there that, that do similar things. You'd have to do that in a way that that content could be easily customized uh, or rewritten. Um, there's wonderful tools out there now, AI writing assistants, as they're known. Oh, my uh, gosh. What's next? What's next, Brian? So we got the Google looking for AI written articles. Skynet is next. Skynet is next. Yes. Yes. Going to have to Google that because I don't know what that is. That's, that's the Terminator. You've got some movies to watch. Oh, Terminator. Tonight. That was the 80s. I watched that 40 years ago or something. Long time. Oh, the, the first one was the 80s. <laughs> There was more than one? Oh, yes. Yeah. 
They must have been on Big Ten Seinfeld. Six or seven of them by now. Yeah. Skynet was the thing that took over. I don't yes. know, AI, maybe. Killed all the humans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's where we're headed, Catherine. That's where I we're headed. I'm not kidding. Yes, that is where we're headed. We don't know it, but we're living in the Matrix anyway, so, you know. Yeah. No, I do actually kind of think we are a high-level Sims game. Yeah. Yes. You know, yeah, this, I think the last year and a half has been like, I'm tired of playing this game. I'm just going to trash, trash it. I'm trashing <laughs> yeah. the game. Yeah. And we're not taking the hint. This is a great comment from Kurt. It's exactly right. AI becomes self-aware. So this is what happened in Terminator. AI becomes self-aware and will take over the world. That's all. Or try to. But us uh, us humans are very determined. So, but we were uh, determined to get Google to love us, it seems. So I don't know. Well, I don't think it's getting... No, it's not about Google loving us. It's about our ideal future clients being able to connect, engage, and get value from us. And I, I go back to Marcus Sheridan. It, you know, it's about answering questions. It's about starting those conversations. And let's let's be honest. There's a lot of people out there who want to start conversations. And you know, I, this is this is something that I've been asked about a lot. You know, like what's the difference between advertising and PR and, and marketing? Marketing is all about starting conversations. The conversations that are going to lead to somebody making a decision or not to, uh, to hire you. And, uh, uh, so we want to make sure that that conversation, uh, starts off, uh, you know, in a, in a, in an organic way, like, you know, Hey, I'm just searching. I'm finding something. I found this great article. It told me a lot about what I need to know to get started with a project. And then, and then we, we want to bring them through what we call that, I call it the, the tofu, the mofu, the bofu, right? We've got the top of the funnel, the middle of the funnel, and the bottom of the funnel. So Can you say that again, funnel, Brian? Mofu, tofu, and bofu? Tofu, mofu, bofu, right? Okay. So there's that's what we call the sales funnel, right? we got the top of the funnels where they're just becoming aware of their problem and potential solutions. The middle is where they're starting to become interested in leaning towards decisions and actions that are going to, help them move forward with solving that problem. And the bottom of the funnel is where they're actually making the decision to hire you or not. So we can create content that serves all three purposes on our site. And so as people are getting to know us, they've got content that's answering those questions. As they're getting uh, deeper into uh, educating themselves and understanding what they want to do, they can find that middle of the uh, middle of the funnel uh, content. And then, as they're making that decision, what is what is the content that we can create that will help build trust and help them see us as a good guide or a good resource for them in moving forward with that project? And that's really how we look at content um, for our clients is how are we serving those three needs? And, um, you know, it's not just about serving Google. It's about serving the client, the, 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 you know, how are we engaging them? How are we getting them to find us? And then how are we providing value to them throughout their decision-making progress so that, so that they see us as the obvious, uh, obvious solution? Right? Yeah, I think there's an interesting parallel. I mean, you, you said it. Google wants to keep you on Google as much as possible. And in the same respect, 
you want to keep your ideal client on your website as long as possible because, I mean, there's plenty of studies out there. Marcus Sheridan brings this up in They Ask You Answer. The longer someone stays on your site, and I think he, I think the example he shares in his book is from his, his uh, company that sort of started this all for him, River Pools and Spas, right. where I think that was the example where they eventually, right, this is after studying and figuring things out and such, but they figured out that if someone was on their website for 30 minutes, uh-huh. then they knew that there's a like 90 some odd percent chance that that person was going to buy from them. And, you know, I think for those in the audience that, you know, whatever the status of your website is, think about, do you have enough content, enough useful content on your website to keep someone there and interested and engaged for 30 minutes? And I'm going to put money on the fact that most of you I'm going to put money on the fact that 99.99999% of you just said no way. Uh-huh. But yeah, the more I mean, time they spend there, the more likely they are to hire you. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just a fact of life, right? You know, I, I, and I, this is something that, you know, a lot of people talk about networking, right? Oh, I, I get all my, you know, when I was, when we first came back from Europe and we were uh, in Florida, you know, that I, I, reached out to some people that we had you know, met when we first got there. I said, how do you find your clients? And they're like, oh, it's all by networking. We just go to networking events, network, network, network. And I said, well, what's the point of networking? Networking is all about getting people to know, like, and trust you. And it's the same on your site. You have mm-hmm. to take them through that process. So your website, and and this is where I think, you know, we've, we've studied 550 plus architecture firm websites. I've got spreadsheets and data on where the weaknesses are and stuff like this. And my biggest frustration with architecture firm websites is that they're either written for other architects, like the content is supposed to, you know, like impress the industry, or they're they're written like it's a, a, a CV, Right, like here is a list of all our rewards. All our awards. Here's a our firm, uh, our our firm uh, principles bio. Uh, here's all the projects we did. Here's you know, how does that serve your clients? How does it help them to see you as somebody who can solve their problem? They don't. Most of these clients, I mean, you know, maybe in the commercial world it is a little bit different, but they they're still looking for certain things, right? If you're talking about residential, a lot of these people have never worked with an architect before. They have no idea what the process is like. They have no idea how to get started. What do they need to do to come? You know, I, my mentor, uh, Brad Martineau, he always says, you gotta, you gotta teach your clients how to come like an A player, right? You gotta show them, Hey, these are the resources you need to bring for that first meeting. These are the things you need to be thinking about and asking about. Got it. You got to make a player clients, and uh, you know it's it, content will help you do that. I like that idea of making your clients to be better clients. Really, yeah. Okay, so we this is kind of the fundamental question that we're not asking till the very last second. So, what is the one thing? There's the one thing that you could do to vastly improve SEO on your site. I was very so asked that question. Yeah, I get this question a lot. So my recommendation is. Listen to your clients, 
listen to the questions they are asking. Make note of those questions. And think about clever ways that you can use your website to help answer those questions for the clients that are looking at your website, but you never hear from. Um, Hinge, Hinge Research has some great stats on the web and AEC buyers. They've interviewed a lot of people and, and done some research. Uh, 84% of people, AEC buyers, go to a website without ever contacting the firm. And 83% of those people say that they uh, have eliminated a firm because of their website. Now, another, a couple of other interesting stats from Hinge. Uh, if you get 40% or more of your leads online, you can grow, you, you will typically grow at twice the rate of firms that get fewer than 40% of leads online. And you'll be five to 13% more profitable over time. So those are pretty astounding stats. And uh, it makes a really good argument for why uh, it's important to engage people with good content on your website. Those are good stats. That's, uh, I hope everybody heard that and, you know, feels that. I, there's, and this came up this morning, and I know we're at the top of the hour. We've got to wind this down now. But um, this, um, this came up this morning. It comes up a lot. You know, this idea of, and, and Catherine, I think you may have alluded to this earlier. Um, I, I don't want more clients. I don't want more projects. I want fewer but better, okay. higher quality. And I think what you just said plays right into that as well. Um, how are you going to make that shift again, just by word of mouth, because you're, you're going to get, you're going to get more projects like what you're doing, right? It, whoever's yeah. recommending you, referring you knows what you did and is, is basing those referrals on what you did, not on what you want to do. And so I think, I think the opportunity is, is here. This is, uh, it's been a great Great eye-opening conversation, Brian. Appreciate you taking uh, the time to have this conversation with us. It's it's been fun thinking about um, what the Terminator of architecture would would look like and and work like. Uh, <laughs> Catherine's not amused by that. Um, <laughs> but uh, but, so but this is it's Iron Man with a tie. I think is what it is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right, I think we figured it out, everybody. This is the future, but uh, but yeah, great, great, great conversation about SEO and content and architects' websites. So, Brian, we really appreciate that. Uh, appreciate all of you out there, whether you're listening to this in the future on the uh, podcast version or those of you who are live in our audience right now. We appreciate all of you. Thank you for uh, for showing up and for uh, all of your questions and comments. Uh, and making context and clarity a thing. I say this, I think, every week. Uh, if it weren't for you, we wouldn't be having this conversation with Brian right now. So we appreciate you and uh, making context and clarity a thing. We'll be back tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Eastern on the uh, Clubhouse app. Our tradition every other Friday is to do a get-to-know-you discussion on Clubhouse. So we'll start out with an interesting question, sort of a trivia question to get to know each other. And that uh, leads up to our 4 p.m. Eastern Context and Clarity Conversation, where we will have our uh, mystery uh, 
uh, Mystery Member Spotlight tomorrow. And I can't tell you who it's going to be because we'll play a little guessing game and um, you can you can uh, guess who the mystery member is for tomorrow. And so we'll do that at 4 p.m. Eastern inside the Entree Architect uh, Community Facebook group. Of course, like I said, 9 a.m. tomorrow on the Clubhouse app. And uh, before we wrap this up, Brian, what's the best way for people to uh, reach out to you and, and get more information about who you are and what you do? So um, if you want to learn more about uh, SEO, I, you know, I, I think uh, one of the best resources right now, I'll, I'll just be, uh, you know, uh, unabashed about that, I, uh, is our course, uh, SEOforarchitects.com. And we actually have a free webinar kind of it goes into some of these some, some more detail on a lot of the points that we discussed today also gives some great case uh, study examples so go to seoforarchitects.com slash webinar that'll get you our free webinar there's also some free resources that come with that as well uh, for anyone who wants to connect with me uh, please go to uh, LinkedIn and search for Brian McCartney, uh, B-R-Y-O-N. It's Brian with a yo, uh, uh, not by mistake. Uh, it's yo Brian. <laughs> yeah, yo Brian. Uh, go to, go to, uh, uh, search for Brian McCartney or go to LinkedIn and my, my social handle on all platforms is brilliant Brian. Again, B-R-Y-O-N. Uh, you can also go to arcmark.co, uh, A-R-C-H-M-A-R-K.co. Uh, and we've got, uh, we've got quite a few blog articles on our site that talk about all kinds of topics related to branding and marketing, SEO, email, websites uh, for architects. So some great articles there. Check them out. Let us know if you need help. All right. Sounds good. Thank you, Brian. Again, we appreciate it. And all of you out there, uh, we appreciate all of you as well. Again, join us tomorrow morning on Clubhouse and or. Uh, tomorrow afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern inside the Entree Architect Community Facebook group for a mystery member spotlight. Mystery. I love those days. <laughs> I know she, I just said this, but I can't believe it's two weeks again already. I'm glad you say something because I would have not shown up. It goes by fast. And, and so now Catherine starts trying to guess in the background to figure out who it is before tomorrow. I'm just, just let you in on that little secret. She's She's already thinking, okay, who is it? So we'll figure that out tomorrow. And a new update on the uh, Context and Clarity podcast. As soon as we're done here, Catherine and I are going to go backstage with another mystery guest, uh, someone from the community, and we'll do our biggest takeaways. We'll do we'll kind of break down this conversation with Brian. Brian, we're going backstage to talk about you. I didn't say it to you oh, that wow. way before, but uh, on <laughs> yeah, look out on Tuesday. Uh, Mondays, the Context and Clarity live podcast comes out. So the the audio-only version of this comes out Monday afternoon at noon Eastern. And then Tuesday at noon Eastern, um, Context and Clarity backstage comes out. And this is an opportunity for Catherine and I and a special guest to basically break down what we learned here, uh, talk about our biggest takeaways, and uh, talk about how we can apply what Brian taught us in this uh, this Context and Clarity Live conversation to our own businesses. So I think that's a really interesting new format that we've got going there. So um, we, I'm not going to tell you who our guest is. You're just going to have to go to wherever you listen to podcasts on Tuesday and figure it out for yourself. 
Uh, remembers that they're our guest. Do you get anything for guessing correctly? Satisfaction, mostly. Uh, Satisfaction in a crocheted bathtub. Yeah. I don't need another bathtub because I have the... I don't the... need a crocheted bathtub. I've, I've seen that already. So. <laughs> that, that's uh, well, a crocheted bathtub. It's the official giveaway of context and clarity. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a, have a uh, depending on where you are in the world, uh, I see Audrey was with us from Australia and um, many, of course, from the U.S. I apologize. I know I missed some folks. Uh, in the comments, but we're all around the world at this point. So, Audrey, have a great day today. Everybody else that's in the U.S. or this side of, of Audrey, have a great evening, a great night, and I uh, hope I will see you again somewhere sometime soon. See you later, everybody. Bye, y'all. See ya. Before we go, I want to say thank you to Twin Motion for their support of this episode of Context and Clarity Live. Visit Twin Motion today at twinmotion.link slash clarity and try twin motion for free. Okay. Well, there you have it. What did you think of that conversation? Hopefully there was some big takeaway that will help you this week with your business. If there was, let me know. DM me on Instagram or on Twitter. You can find me on all the socials at Jeff underscore Eccles. So send me a message and let me know what your takeaway was. And if you want more conversations like this, subscribe to the Context and Clarity podcast and leave us an honest review and rating. Those things really help us get the message out and help us help more architects just like you. Oh, and follow Context and Clarity on Instagram as well so you can get a heads up on everything that's coming up. In our next episode, Catherine will join me again along with a special guest. Or will it be guests? from the Context and Clarity community so we can break this conversation down. It will be Context and Clarity backstage, so to speak. So join us as we all share our biggest takeaways and look for ways to apply what we heard in today's conversation to our own businesses. And if you love content like this, check out Gable Media. It's a multimedia network for people that care about the built environment, and it's the home of Context and Clarity. With Gable's growing family of podcasts and video channels, I know that you'll find something there that interests you. You can learn more at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. And finally, if today's topic is of particular interest to you and you'd like to dig deeper into it, then join me over in the Entree Architect Community Facebook group. That's where every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern, I host Context and Clarity Conversations, and we take these topics and we dig deeper. We have a conversation in real time to try to find more clarity around the things that matter most to you. So thanks for listening. I hope our time together has inspired you to think about your community, your practice, and how you can support those around you. Catherine and I will be back for our next episode, and in the meantime, I hope you'll join me and the Entree Architect community on Facebook today at 4 p.m. Eastern so that we can help each other find more clarity around the topics that matter most, no matter what your context may be. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, we'll buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. 
where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us. Can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh One that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success.